Hey everyone, this is Phil and Lola of the Capes and Lunatics podcast. You're listening to Into the Night, the the Moon Knight podcast. Welcome back, Looney listeners. This is Ray uh, for Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is a bit of a strange one. Um, uh, new toys abound, uh, but just been playing with some live streaming equipment. So, yeah, here we go. This is a bit of a test run. The uh, intent is to um, do live streams for every new comic book released. So hopefully, you know, that can happen, uh, but I haven't got the setup totally done uh, as I'd like to yet, so please bear with me, um, let's see if it actually kind of works or not. Uh, I'm Ray, hello, yes, if you've listened, you you would know. <laughs> um, I uh, would have had the other high priest, Rebecca, here, but due to technical difficulties and, you know, inexperience on my behalf, um, just couldn't get it working. So I'm just doing a solo one this time round. Uh, but hopefully later on uh, we can try something a bit different. Also as well, I've had issues with my microphone. So um, I'm trying, again, something a little different. Hopefully this comes in through nice and clear to you. Anyway, loonies. <laughs> this is a waxing crescent. So uh, it is, of course, a modern run uh, Lunapic review. Uh, and uh, what we're, well, what I'm going to be doing is Moon Knight, Volume Six, Issue Ten. Uh, so that is one of the Brian Michael Bendis um, issues from his 12-issue run from about 2012, I guess, maybe 2011 and 12. Uh, before any of that, um, a big thank you to our sponsors, uh, Tombs, Drew Tombs, Daniel Doing, CLZ Comics, and Dreamland Comics, as well from Schoenberg, Illinois. Now let's kind of get straight into it. Um, again, apologies. I'm not sure if you're picking up Echo here. Um, I have been trying many different kind of rigs to try and mitigate that. Um, so I've even got myself a pop filter hand. So I'm kind of really right up close to the mic this time around. So <laughs> I feel like I'm just starting podcasting all over again. Uh, it's very strange. Um, but, you know, I guess the only way to learn. Anyway... Um, so what, of course, as, as I mentioned, we will be doing um, is, uh, yeah, so we've got a, a modern run view <laughs> review there, Waxing Crescent, I'm um, just playing around with the tricks here, and of course, um, Moon Knight, Volume 6, Issue 10. Now, um, apart from my, you know, solo comments and <laughs> discussions and thoughts on this issue we we do have some feedback as well but uh as as mentioned this is a live stream i've opened it up it might be a little early for some of the u.s listeners uh maybe not so much on the west coast uh but yeah feel free to to jump in uh, and um yeah and uh let me know what you think about this issue issue 10 um yeah i've got some uh comments already here so just working it out someone said you I don't know how to take that, but thank thank you, I guess. Um, also, this same person, I don't know, well, StreamYard, 
I don't have information as to who is saying what. Uh, I can lead you towards streamyard.com slash Facebook. Uh, if you give permission to, to StreamYard, then I'll be able to see who is um, dropping in comments. But uh, we've got another one. Bendis is always, uh, always seems to have great starts to his stories, but I find he falters towards the end sometimes. Uh, look, I, I kind of agree. One of the things I think that he doesn't do that well uh, is create like contained stories in one issue uh he always kind of looks towards um like a a six issue arc or so so um yeah so anyway i think i know who this is now full of tricks a and it is none other than uh it's wayno hey wayno how are you going um look i'm looking very creepy in this kind of dark room again I'm, i'm gonna work on getting something in the background or getting a better setup for the studio but uh thanks wayne for uh for dropping in um yes so moon knight volume 6210 released february 2012 uh writer Brian Michael Bendis, of course, penciler Alex Maleev. Uh, he also does the inks. Colorer, colorist Matt Hollingsworth, letterer Corey Petit, and editor Stephen Wacker, who you probably know more now from The Amazing Spider-Man and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, so I found it interesting that he was on this, but, you know, he's obviously jumped onto the Spider-Man department. Um, as for where you can find this, look, you can find it uh, in floppy format. I think it's still readily available. Uh, a lot of Moon Knight issues are jumping up in price. Uh, so it's all from the, the groundswell of the TV show coming up and all the, the added interest. Uh, so get in quick while you can. You, you never know. You might um, you might miss out if, you, if you're a collector. Um, but it's also available on digital uh, and uh, that is in floppy or collected form. Um, and thank you, Wayne. Yeah, it's starting to look a little grey. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's also available on trade in soft cover and hard cover. Now I think those are long out of print. But in February, uh, February first of this year, twenty twenty two, there will be a release of Moon Knight by Bendis and Maleev, the complete collection. So you'll be able to. Um, get it it's in in its entirety i'm assuming it would be around um i think us would be like 39 or maybe 40 bucks um but yeah um but <laughs> and uh again sorry this is all different it's all new i'm getting these comments coming in um they're from totally anonymous people uh so uh yeah i'm just a little bit sidetracked there <laughs> uh Yes, so February 1st, 2022, you'll be able to get your copy of the full 12-run issue. Uh, so like I said, we're doing issue 10. It's it's a, about to wrap up with a few more issues to go. Uh, we'll see, definitely see kind of how it goes. Um, all right, well, might um, just, I guess, dive right into it. And, and for those of you that haven't listened before, uh, what I usually do is, uh, as, you've, as you've heard, I've, I've given the credits. Uh, I'll go through a bare bones. Uh, this one's courtesy of Wiki. Um, you know, when they're available, I'll I'll take them. Um, but yeah, um, we'll go through a bare bones to give you a summary of what this issue is all about. In case you you want a refresher, or in case you don't want to read it and you just want to want to hear you want to hear about this um, this discussion from the Ray Ramble. Uh, but after that, I'll go through some aspects, um, some five key moments of this issue. 
Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, in between that, some stuff on the writing, art, and themes. And then I'll cap it off with Connishu's Moon Rating System. Um, yes, also, uh, yeah, of course, uh, The Power of Chad as well. He says... Um, Yes, there are some websites that will have it as well. Uh, if you do know how to do that sort of thing, uh, by all means, give that a go. Um, so, yeah, um, I cannot endorse it, but I will just turn a blind eye to all that sort of stuff. Uh, now we got so Wayne. So Wayne's just signed up. I can see it now, Wayne. Um, beautiful, yes. The profile pic of the fam, and uh, good to have you. Good to have you on board. Uh, so... Look, I'm going to, again, I'm testing it out. I'm going to try and play the Bare Bones music whilst I say this thing. Uh, hopefully it's not too loud. So, so here we go. Mark disappears into Moon Knight's subconscious as Wolverine works on autopilot. In Mark's subconscious, he is Jake once again in New York after a night in the cab. He is greeted by Marlene, who ask him, asks him what did he destroy today. He destroys everything he touches. Mark wakes up in shock to a hospital room handcuffed to the bed, not knowing how he arrived. Hall arrives to the hospital to question a, a unfingerprinted Moon Knight, but just as he arrives to the ER wing, Inspector Hall and the other detectives along with the staff faint. Buck releases a gas in order to extract Mark, and Buck confirms that Maya didn't make it. Back at Nefaria's mansion, the Count can't regain his composure after the attack, but he wants Mark dead immediately. He calls upon his daughter, Madame Mask, to finish the job. Meanwhile, Mark has been off the grid for some time at his house as he dwells over his recent loss. The Wolverine persona tries to bring Mark to action, but he cannot move. At the county morgue, Maya's body and items have been confiscated, but Madame Mask breaks in and kills the doctors. She detects vibranium in the staff Buck constructed for her and tries to backtrace the source of the deal for this metal. Once Mask gets her intel, she follows Buck. Late one evening, when Buck drives to Mark's garage to work, three red laser dots rest over his shoulder and then boom! Mark runs to his garage to investigate and sees Buck caught in the debris. He tells Mark, that she has the Ultron head. So there you go. Um, there you go, loonies. That was a roundabout. Actually, that was pretty well written uh, from Wiki, so that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you, whoever did that from the, the Wiki pool. Anyway, so... Um, let's, yeah, let's get into it. Um, so... One of the key moments um, I I picked uh, for this it's interesting this this Bendis um, this Bendis issue is a strange one um, for those of you that have read the Bendis run so far uh, as I mentioned uh, it, it kind of all stitches in together so reading one particular issue it feels dare I say a little unsatisfying um, because it um, it kind of moves at a, a slower pace, I guess because Bendis is looking at the greater whole rather than just uh, one of the parts. Um, but yeah, uh, so it was a little difficult trying to trying to pick key moments. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the first one I, um, I raised was Nefari's daughter, the 
the introduction and reveal, I guess, of Madame Mask in this arc now. Uh, I thought it was quite interesting to have her in it. Um, she brings a different level of, of danger, I guess, to um, to Mark and Moon Knight and, um, you know, what they're trying to do. Uh, she obviously, she ends up getting the Ultron head. Um, she's quite ruthless. I mean, we, we, know, we know Count Nefari is as well, but she is on a, um, a different kind of... Um, different kind of path um the mere fact that she goes in guns a blazing and shoots all those doctors in the in the autopsy room um looking at maya looking at echo um yeah that that was quite confronting because the dialogue that you had prior to that with the the doctors and surgeons or whatever the coroners looking at the body uh, they were it was very everyday dialogue uh, and some of it from memory was a little bit humorous uh, so to have them all kind of um, you know gunned down uh, within you know a couple of panels was was quite shocking um, but yeah so Madame Mask uh, I, I loved Malieve's introduction of her she gets a full page uh, spread of just uh just her you know, with the gun and, and posing basically um yeah uh wayne says he, yeah he's a whole picture kind of writer plays a long game sometimes sacrificing the issue to issue impact yeah totally agree um he look i i do love um i do i don't mind this run you know if you read it as a whole like all, all together um it is a little difficult once and this is you know purely our decision to review it issue by issue and it it really becomes a different beast when and when it is that so um yeah spot on wayne um i think that's absolutely correct um so for yeah uh, meta masks um she's quite you know she's quite cool well well drawn by um by Malieve. Um I'm just flicking through. I've got it on, I should have mentioned as well, on Marvel Unlimited too. So you can catch it um, there, uh, which I'm reading from. I can't be bothered to get, it's a usual case, I can't be bothered to get the actual <laughs> the issues, issues and all that. Um, but here we go. Look, uh, again, if future broadcasts, hopefully I'll be able to set this up properly where I can share the screen and show you uh, what I'm talking about. But yeah, uh, Madam... Madam Mask there, yeah, pretty cool. It's, um, I'll see if I can just show you this way. Um, so, yeah, um, very well done by Malieve. Uh, if we're to talk about art, one of the standouts for me was actually Matt Hollingworth's um, colours. Uh, I think he really does make it, uh, give points of difference to a lot of the scenes. And the fact that um, this generally is a... a kind of muted down color scheme uh it was very cool to see the opening sequence which is largely um wordless uh with you know vibrant reds and blues and and even some yellows as well um mostly the red kind of really stood stood out so uh yeah really enjoyed the art in that sense as well so um yeah metamask uh you know she also had the the predator the predator um what do you call them lasers as well at the end um you know i, I love my predator too <laughs> uh, but yeah apart from that um and just a big reveal it, it's almost like a passing of the torch so 
we've had um, in the first nine issues at least we've had Count Nefaria as the main antagonist uh, he's kind of been done away with now his story has ended but Bendis has introduced Madame Mask for at least well four issues 10 11 and 12 I'd imagine um, she's further her reputation is further um, kind of embellished with Snapdragon as well as Snapdragon talking to Inspector or Detective Hall um, saying something along the lines of she's afraid of no one but I'm terrified of Madame Mask so she's Bendis is trying to build this reputation for her which we kind of know um, if you're a comic book reader uh, what she can do uh, Whitney Frost uh, but um, yeah it's, it's kind of good to you're setting up a particular aura for her in this issue and very quickly I mean uh, there's again this is a weird issue because albeit it kind of flew by um, there were particular scenes uh, that do make up the framework for this um, so actually I put down in my notes for writing so we have distinct scenes of like, like Mark dreaming first uh, Mark in hospital and then Buckline retrieves Mark uh, there's a, the echo autopsy there's a reveal of Madame Mask and Nefaria kind of struggling with um, you know being taken out by Moon Knight and snapdragon i call snapdragon snitching so um there's uh there is quite a lot there happening um but it was interesting to have a a largely wordless or or a wordless opening from bendis uh but then you get all the bendis dialogue coming in after um and look it's not it's not that bad um i'm glad that we saw the likes of Jake Lockley and Marlene in it, which um, I totally forgot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it is, it is what it is. Uh, second um, second uh, key point I put down to Buck Lime gassing the hospital. Now, that's a pretty big thing. Oh, and then we've got something here from Wayne as well. Um, kind of gives hope for a bit of a crossover with the TV. So I'd, I'd love... I love uh, a crossover with Moon Knight and Hawkeye, um, Moon Knight and Kingpin. Can you imagine that? That would be cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I I really enjoyed Hawkeye. Um, Wayne, I'm not sure if you enjoyed it as well. It, um, uh, I found it a really fun, a really fun series. Uh, probably one of my favourites from the Disney Plus of last year. I'm up there with WandaVision. Um, but yeah. And, uh, oh, and we have a greeting here from, would be none other than Russell. Russell Moran from Tomes of Evil. Hello, Russell. Yes, I'm just testing out some new, newfangled gear. Um, yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm just kind of like the blind, uh, blindly stumbling through it. So please, yeah, bear with me. Um, see what we can do. I couldn't even get Rebecca on. <laughs> that was, uh, things kind of went ass up, but, um, hopefully, I'll get it all sorted. Uh, we'll get Rebecca in um, for some future episodes. Uh, anyway, so where was I? Uh, yeah, Buck Lime gassing the hospital. Um, you know, this is a pretty big thing. It's a pretty... Uh, it was a pretty um, major thing to do, you know. Um, pretty bold. Uh, I immediately... I mean, because again, it's been a while since I've read these, so it's kind of, in many ways, just reading it again. Um, it, it could be seen as something quite sinister straight away, but then you find out that it was Buck just to try to get Mark out of there. A, a, a little... Um, what we call... What do you call it? It's kind of... 
a little overdone. <laughs> I mean, like, um, you didn't have to go to that lengths. I mean, there are a million ways, I guess, of, of trying to get your, um, your guy out of there. But, uh, yeah, he decides to knock everyone out with gas. Um, and, um, oh, yeah, Wayne's, uh, yeah, for sure, Wayne. Um, yeah, I would love to, love to, to hear your thoughts. Um, I myself, I loved uh, Hayley Steinfeld. I think she was great in it. Um, but, yeah, uh, Kingpin, anyway. Spoilers. Hopefully it's not too late. <laughs> not too not too, uh, too early to, to say that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so gassing the hospital again i mean this was a key moment but there's really not much to talk about it other than he did it um to get mark out um i can't go into depth of of it i mean basically panel by panel detective hall is speaking to someone uh talking about you know moon knight should have been fingerprinted why didn't he because he's you know he's, he's quite a dangerous um person individual and before you know it he and the police are slowly uh, getting knocked out from the from the gas um, but it is a big moment because i guess it it, it does push it forward uh, we do get a mark out of there out of the hospital uh, because he has been detained not that long mind you i mean it was only the last issue that he had the kind of the throwdown with nefaria and with echo but um there you go so hopefully um yeah i mean that was that was that was it that was one of them um another uh, another key moment I thought was um, was you, you know looking at the aftermath of Echo's Echo's death. So seeing her on the um, in the autopsy room, um, having the the surgeons kind of talk to her, um, or talk talk about her that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean it's quite sad. I mean the fact that <laughs> oh my god her her heart was obliterated or just disintegrated from nefaria's you know blast um so she totally can't be alive uh let me let me pull it up it's it's pretty um that's pretty pretty weird um but anyway yeah uh you know that that's a big thing because obviously mark had a thing for echo uh he has this internal struggle as well you see him with wolverine um the vision of Wolverine um, telling him, um, you know, he's an it. Well, he's the reason that the mess is is what it is, um, and essentially tells Mark to avenge her to save the city. So, um, you know, that that's motivation. That would be motivation for Moon Knight to to get there, um, I'd think. But then that pans to, uh, yeah, very stark kind of look of of Maya. Maya, I keep on going between one of the two. But um, lamps and uh, implements and panel edges discreetly kind of covering, um, you know, some bits. Um, but, yeah, a gashing, a, a, a terrible like wound in her chest. Uh, and then, yeah, you just get them talking about, you know, she's it's Jane Doe, um you know whether or not she she has superpowers or not um there's a guy who put a six inch hole through her chest and vaporized her heart uh so they're all talking about that but then as i mentioned before um um you know there's this typical bender speak of as there it's a very kind of somber clinical situation and towards the end the surgeons are oh, superpowers this is exciting uh yes until someone disintegrates your heart um 
it's a little thing i don't know but like that but that is kind of signature bendis for me um and he does it to i guess um alleviate the tension a little um i I don't think he needs to do it all the time Uh, but sometimes with the stories that i read from him he does tend to use it kind of haphazardly uh and then that is kind of what culminates into um characters kind of sounding like each other because they all have that kind of quippy witty kind of banter so um it was really cool um like it's a really cool effect but i think that you know with a bit more moderation uh, it wouldn't become a little bit of a repetitive thing or that's recognizable with bendis um okay so yeah so with echo i mean that so echo she's clearly dead <laughs> um um if you're an echo fan this issue won't give you much um she's just lying uh, yeah, in the autopsy room, and uh, yeah, Madame Mars comes in and she guns down everyone, um, and that's where she eventually picks up the vibranium kind of staff which Echo had been given uh, from Buck Lime, and um, so we get a little bit of I guess intel from Madame Mars. She she um, she uses it to trace to find out information, um, so she knows that the vibranium on the black market um, there's not there wouldn't be that many, so if she finds buyers or whatever um linked to vibranium she can kind of pinpoint you know who's basically where um where they would be and i i assume then that leads to uh to mark's garage or um or buck lime because that's where she finds him towards the end um yeah now uh, again, the art I think is really good in it. Um, I think the way that Maya looks very different, I think, from what she had in the previous issues. Um, intentional from a leave, I guess, because she unfortunately she has passed and she's um, just basically a corpse. Uh, but she does look different. Um, it is a little bit unerring uh, in, in a good way. Um, so, um, yeah, hats off to, to the art there as well. Uh, I mean, the other scene or other moment that um, that I think really was, was kind of important or what stood out in this uh, is Snapdragon and her conversation with Detective Hall. Um, oh, yes, and Wayne says, well, yeah, it's cynical relief. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Wayne uh, gives the characters a bit of quirk. But, yeah, as I mentioned, like once all the characters do it, they all start sounding the same. I, I remember reading the Bendis Guardians of the Galaxy and it was glaringly obvious that it was like one writer creating the words for all these characters to read or to 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 speak um that to me is unfortunately not that strong writing uh because you want a writer to be able to um kind of encapsulate a particular particular character have their own little nuances their own personalities uh you, you don't want them all sounding the same uh but yeah going back to snapdragon um so she she has struck a deal with detective hall um and i guess um the main the main thing for this is um that i'm just trying to turn the pages here uh the 
the main thing would be just to get more information on um, not that they picked up some photos some CCTV footage or photos of Madame Mask storming the the um, the morgue and taking some staff uh, the vibranium staff uh, basically Hall is asking Snapdragon all about Madame Mask um, you'll be re- you'll remember um, Madame uh, sorry, you remember Snapdragon uh, is under the employ of Count Nefaria, so it would be logical that she would know about, um, well, maybe logical, but she would know something about Count Nefaria's daughter, Madame Mask. Um, so here, um, yeah, I guess he wants her to find out more. Look, I mean, if I'm just going to read this thing, um, we can't just go knock on his door because you say so we need to build a case uh, she says call the avengers call nick fury this is about count nefaria it's a little more complicated than that we had a deal i'm going to honor the deal you'd better i'm a sitting duck here so um it's all about trying to capture um and bring count nefaria in using the legal system um, and he's using Snapdragon to kind of help him out there. The details are a bit vague, but you get the sense. Like, you can tell from this sort of scene what Bendis is trying to do. Um, there, are, I mean, there are questions here um, as to what... I mean, I was thinking, what does he want from Snapdragon? Like, um, what information does he want from her that will enable him to um, to bust Count Nefaria? Uh, and they end up talking about Madame Mask, which she's only just turned up. So it doesn't make sense how she could actually um, implicate any of the, the previous actions of Count Nefaria. So to me, this scene is a little bit muddled, but I think, I mean, I know what Bendis is trying to do. He's trying to create this typical kind of interrogation scene where um, someone snitches, basically, and someone has a deal. Uh, and they need to find more about it. Um, what I said before is um, that, yeah, the, the main takeaway for this would be Snapdragon just kind of framing what sort of person Madame Mask is. Uh, so this reputation that both Detective Hall and Snapdragon know about Madame Mask. Um, so, yeah. Um, as for important scene... I'm not too sure whether it is that um, important for the scheme of things, for this issue. Um, I only picked it out because it was a point of difference. Um, it was a distinct, distinctly different scene uh, from the rest of it. You know, it was away from Mark Spector. Um, it was tangentially connected to Madame Mask. Um, so, yeah. Um, again, kind of one of the traits of... Bendis's thing and look I don't want to kind of bag it out too much because again I have been enjoying the Bendis issues but again um, as a standalone issue it's really kind of I can't imagine like buying the singles for this back in the day and having to wait like you'd kind of these would be the comics you kind of forget what had happened uh, because nothing really impresses like uh there's no real strong impression for it um yeah so anyway i'll I'll leave it at that uh and then what have we got here just gotta get my prompt sheet back up um oh look the final one is um the final key point is madame mask stealing the ultron head 
um, as I mentioned, we get the predator-like triangular red lasers on the back of Buck Lime. You kind of know who it would be, although, albeit, it, it was a, a, a pretty quick turnaround, um, you know, between Madame Mask storming the hospital, grabbing the vibranium stuff, and then very shortly after, um, she quickly tracks down, um, you know, Buck Lime and the Ultron head. Uh, it's left on a on a cliffhanger there. Um, we have basically the look of Mark, horrified Mark, um, you know, as he kind of helps Buck. Um, I wonder if Buck's, I can't remember if Buck's okay. Uh, I really do like the, the name of it, so, the name of him. So, um, yeah, it's, it's out in the open. Uh, so all, all this kind of jargon as well, uh, it's very kind of nifty. Um, I don't know what is it. Um, kind of authority, or um, military, or government speak. Uh, I don't know if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyway, it's out in the open, and I guess we'll see uh, Madame Mask what she does with the with the Ultron head. Um, yeah. So look, there's not much there. Um, let me just have a look. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I guess it's a pretty, pretty quick rundown of it. Um, I wouldn't mind revisiting this or revisiting the Bendis run again, but, uh, with a, with a co-host, um, just to, to bounce off ideas, but, um, doing it solo, it's, um, it's pretty straightforward, the issue, so I can't really embellish it anymore for you. Uh, as for a rating, uh, I am going to i'm going to give it a six and a half out of ten so more towards a getting small moon so maybe a 6.4 out of ten um yeah i just uh, i just feel um i think this issue serves services the story well when it is in a trade and i'll i'll be getting the complete collection as well i mean i'll have well, multiple copies but it'd be good to have uh all 12 issues just in one big bound uh you know one big bound book um but yet again like by itself this issue was kind of i just felt um it was in maybe like cruise control or it was ultimately just like unsatisfied there was no closure like i mean there there was a little with the you know, she's got the head and um you know things are left with a, a nice cliffhanger there but I don't know, it just kind of meandered along. Um, and I've got another comment here from Wayne. And he says, do you feel um, like the writing tries to do too much on a issue-to-issue basis? Um, I probably would say, Wayne, I don't think it does enough. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think, um, I mean... Maybe the the writing, as in the dialogue, uh, could potentially be a little bit too much. Um, like there have been, uh, what was that? What was I reading not that long ago? Um, I was reading an issue. Oh yeah, I was reading an Uncanny X Men issue. I think it's by Scott Lobdell. Um, like pages filled with dialogue, um, and look, there's nothing wrong with that if it warrants it. But sometimes it's you've got to balance it right you, you've got to get the art to to speak and of course Malieve is, is beautiful in this uh, so um you know he, he's certainly 
holds his own. But I don't know, I feel sometimes Bendis writes dialogue just for the sake of writing some dialogue. Um, it's doesn't really... F- not to say that everything has to further the story. It's good to have, like, you know, little... Um, bites of a little snippets of just informal chat i mean that's always cool that's what made bendis really cool but um i yeah i think um yeah i think he does too much with that um with the dialogue but as for overall writing um as for you know this as a standalone issue that you can pick up and return to every now and again because you like it so much it, it doesn't give you that sense of fulfillment when you read it um you really do get a sense of and i know it's a cliche saying it but you get a sense of you've jumped into something in the middle um and you don't get a you don't get a story within a story which i think a lot of great comic book writers can do um you can you know you you don't feel lost um yeah and in the old in the old days um they had that that kind of thing um where, say, Wolverine always described himself just in case this was someone's first comic, you know what I mean? That's a very basic kind of um, analogy of, of it. But, um, yeah, it's... Um, anyway, uh, thanks, Wayne. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you agree too. That's fair enough. Uh, now, look, um, before we go anywhere else... And I'm not even going to attempt doing ad breaks in this solo event because I might cock it up and, uh, you know, I'll lose the broadcast or something. But um, for our nightlines, now we have some some feedback for this particular issue. Uh, now, the first one is from our Facebook group, and it's from Kyle Carr, one of our valued patronies. Hi, Kyle. Uh, thank you so much for dropping in. Um, a line and Kyle says I'd never read an issue of this series before it feels like classic Bendis what I mean by that is nothing of any merit happens at least until the very end of the issue Mark is out of the hospital cool but it didn't serve any purpose Madame Mask broke into the morgue to see Echo the only important thing at all is that she took the staff Wolverine tells Mark to get up but Mark doesn't listen I feel this issue could have been told in eight pages, but then we wouldn't get Maleev's beautiful artwork, so I'll take it, but Maleev gets all the credit. Um, I did also appreciate what I can only assume was a hallucination at the start of the issue. Uh, At least having Stephen and Jake referenced in the series is nice. I thought they weren't going to be in it at all. Overall, as a standalone issue, I'd give it a five and a half out of ten. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Kyle, um, for sure. I totally agree with, with many of your things. And you're right. I mean, you've succinctly actually said it um, very well in that nothing really of merit happens. Like, Mark is in the hospital. I mean, the only purpose that he was is, is from the, the carry-on from the last issue. He was detained, and so he's in the hospital, and he has to break out. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I guess you could play with that you know um you could have mark detained and then there'd be an issue or something about about mark um stuck in the hospital and and someone trying to kill him and he tries to escape that sort of stuff you can create a good story out of that but i think i agree with you kyle the fact that he got put in the hospital and the very next issue he just gets busted out again it's a a bit of a 
yeah, it's kind of like, why did you put him in the hospital in the first place, Bendis, you, you know? Um, and just to create that, that scene or the idea of gassing the whole hospital, it was a pretty cool idea, but I don't think it's big enough to warrant, you know, actually creating that scenario in the first place. Um, Madame Mask broke into the morgue to see Echo. The only important thing is that she took the staff. Well, I mean, I guess with that, the carry-on or the, the, the follow-up to that is that she backtracks where it's from and she she actually gets closer to the Ultron head. So I think I think that's pretty cool. It, it's pretty opportunistic as well because um, if you think about it, Madame Mask, what, what was she aiming to do? Was she... Was she just aiming to hopefully go there to to see Echo, the body of Echo, and find something that could lead her to where the Ultron head is? Maybe. Um, but it was pretty opportunistic of her to, to do that. And having said that, it's very um, fortuitous that she found the Vibranium staff. Um, that's a big, you know, a big piece of the puzzle uh, without that, if she just found a naked echo, a naked naked corpse of echo there, um, what would she what would she do? What would she think of doing? <laughs> I don't know, taking a sample of her DNA or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, just anyway, I can see where you're coming from, Kyle. That's um, that's a great point. And um, and the other thing, well, yeah, and the thing of Wolverine telling Mark to get up, I think. That kind of sows the seeds for his new motivation. Again, it's maybe just an emphasis now on, okay, he's going to continue being Moon Knight because he wants to avenge Echo. He wants to save the city for her. So I think maybe that's where that's coming from. Um, as you said, I I did. I also appreciated the, the hallucinations, that kind of nightmarish sequence of Jake and Marlene and Marlene having kind of half a cut off face which i thought was a nice touch um it was a bit of a nod if anything that was a reference i should have talked to that was a potentially a nod to bushman and to mark's previous antics with cutting faces off um that that was pretty nightmarish and and horrific um but then also seeing the other faces um i also like like the idea of you see frenchie um you see him dressed as Moon Knight, and then when Mark tries to take the costume off him, he takes the mask off, and there's no face behind that as well. So yeah, I like those kind of little little horror elements. Um, so if anything, yeah, I think that was well done. Uh, also as well, we have something from Noel. Noel Looney Tunes Tate. Uh, I can't. I can't get any lower than Noel. I can't get any lower than Noel Looney Tunes Tate. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to read it in his voice, but Malieve's um, artwork is phenomenal. I love that the issue is silent for almost four pages before we get Bendis dialogue. This whole run had its flaws, but I've said it before: it's better than people remember. I agree, Noel. Um, I think people knee-jerk reaction is like, "Ah, oh, this is shit." It's um, it's not that bad. I mean, like, you know, we've had other things happen to Moon Knight that has gone against his character in other runs as well. So um, it's not just the Bendis one. I had forgotten that Mark got Echo killed. Okay, but not, not directly. But I do remember that being spoiled for me reading a background on Echo before I read this run. I like the addition of even more minor Marvel villains, Madame Mask. Even if at this point, it's pretty clear Bendis is just kind of giving up 
and setting up the Age of Ultron. The run had a good start, but starts to be forgettable. To be a forgettable plot, the longer it goes. I give it a seven based on art alone. Well, no, thank you, Noel. Um, and I can't disagree with you there as well. It's um, yeah, it's uh, uh it it slowly, I guess it yeah, it does resort to just he has to kind of point the ship towards the the age of Ultron or, or whatever um that thing. So he's got he's got the Ultron thing. I mean, we hardly even see. The Ultron head—it's—it's it's very much the the Holy Grail that everyone's catching, uh, looking for, but it really hasn't done much, has it? Um, so, um, you know, that's uh, words. True words cannot be spoken. Noel, uh, let me see if I can just quickly—I might as well look. I'm, I'm live streaming. Um, it's not probably the best for podcasting, but I might as well see if I got any other hits um, with the discussion thread. Uh, new. Um, let me just see one other one. Let me go to Facebook again. So, um, yeah, thank you for everyone. Please um, send in your, your comments. Um, thank you so much to the likes of Wayne. Thank you so much for Safari uh, for sending in some stuff. For the power of Chad getting in there as well. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty um, pretty cool to hear from you. Uh, and even if um, after. After this episode, uh, you want to drop in your thoughts about um, about this issue, you drop it in our discussion threads. It's always fun uh, to at least to discuss it amongst the group, uh, amongst the, the ITK Looney community. Um, so here we go. I'm just pulling it up now. I think the old laptop is straining because I've got StreamYard on. I'm trying to click on things here. No, okay, that's cool. Anyway, anyway <laughs> that's good. Send us your thoughts. Um, always appreciated uh anyway i think that pretty much does it uh thank you so much for listening look there there's some things i want to i guess there's some ad, admin stuff um it is the first episode of 2022 so um you're welcome for having a bendis <laughs> a bendis issue uh and a solo episode of that as the very first episode for 2022 look i promise i'll get things in order um again hopefully the echo is not as bad as i sometimes hear it but um spectacle so what is up um things to look out for uh this month of january mid-january i'll be dropping again for the Patronis, uh, for those that are part of our Patreon, uh, there'll be another bonus episode. And this time it will be myself and Russell from Tomes of Evil. And uh, we'll be talking about, of all things, Masters of the Universe. Um, just our childhood memories, um, our, you know, the reason, our fandom for it. Uh, discussion on uh, the net- Netflix film... Uh, so Netflix series, as well as some of the past ones, um, the action figures, uh, yeah, the comic books, it's all there. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, look forward to releasing that. And again, that's exclusive only to Patreon members. So please consider becoming a Patreon member. Um, next phase, episode 258, it is a, a waxing gibbous. Now, before I get into that, I want to kind of clear up a few things as well. There's been a, a little bit of a reshuffle with um, with segments. Basically, I had a segment before called the Moonwalk. Uh, that was for a waning gibbous, I think. 
and the Moonwalk was essentially an audio reproduction of one of the Moon Knight comic books. Uh, as fun as that is, uh, that is really time-consuming, um, and I really want to focus on more of our own ITK serial uh, this year to to finish off season two and potentially uh, kick off. I don't know, a kick off more like specials. We, we just dropped our holiday special um, for Christmas and the New Year last year, uh, that sort of stuff. So I, I'd really love to focus more on that. Um, yeah, unfortunately, the audio reproduction of the comic books, um, yeah, takes a while. So I've dropped that. And, um, and Moonwalks will now be um, based on comic books where Moon Knight is in, which aren't his own comic book title. Um, so that will be next week, uh, a waxing gibbous, it's a moonwalk and it will be on solo Avengers volume one issue three. And, uh, we're looking at the backup moon Knight story, the tower of shadows and joining me for that sojourn is, uh, uh, two great guests, uh, again, Noel Looney Tunes Tate and, um, and Justin, the owl Osgood, um, both of them are known as the Velvet Drapes, because they have beautiful voices. I can't do it justice. Um, yeah, very, very resonant. Um, you'll, you'll be loving it, don't worry. You'll be loving it. And apologies in advance. We have recorded it. And again, my mic situation was balls up. So um, again, I will be trying to fix my mic stuff and uh, work with these new toys. Um, believe me, all of these... Um, wouldn't be possible, of course, without the patronage. Um, so thank you so much for the Patreon members. It's allowed me to become a member of StreamYard, where I'm doing this live chat, as well as get uh, some software loopback, which allows me to actually play audio through to other co-hosts and to play it on the show as well. So a big thank you to the Patronis. Um, also, as well, added to that... Um, uh, yeah, um, uh, the other side of the moon, the segment, which was originally what, uh, you know, Moon Knight in other titles was, uh, the other side of the moon will become now Moon Knight alumni, um, books. So basically, um, it opens the door a little bit. Uh, look, if you've liked some of the Moon Knight writers or artists and you want to learn or know more about their other works, uh, this is a, a perfect opportunity. So again, I put this up in a poll on on uh, Patreon, and this was one of the the voted um, themes that you know some Patronis wanted to see. So uh, in future, with a a waning gibbous, there'll be the other side of the moon, uh, and I'll have a special guest or a co-host on, and we'll talk about a, a a comic book issue. You know, it could be by Jeff Lemire or Doug Mensch um, or Brian Michael Bendis, um, but not Moon Knight. Um, something else, just to see, just see how their their other works go. So uh, that's very exciting too. Um, and also, similarly, um, Over the Moon. So Over the Moon was uh, an arc review. Uh, now we are kind of running out of arcs to review and it's kind of double dipping since we do do the single issues. So um, over the moon, again, through our poll and the Petrunis have voted uh, this over the moon will be uh, about guests' favorite 
Moon Knight issues. So I guess they'd be over the moon about a particular issue. So we'll go and revisit um, whatever it is that a special guest really likes, uh, whatever issue they really do like of Moon Knight. And finally, um, again, I'll put it out there as well. I had no idea. Look, in the four or five years that we've been doing this, this moon never turned up, but it turned up late last year. The super moon. The super moon is a thing. Uh, I haven't got a segment for it. But now I think we've decided to do, again, from the poll, uh, we'll do um, Moon Knight in games. So Moon Knight in video games board games card games uh, the different media that we don't see that often so hopefully the super moon doesn't come around too often as well because uh, i'm not too sure how sustainable that would be but you know there are many things like um was it crisis protocol that sort of stuff then there's that other um the mondo matched um that kind of game as well you know there's still pinball that i'd love to do um all the smart tablet device games as well so yeah um worth worth checking out too Anyway, uh, loonies, that will pretty much do it. One final thing during this outro again, please check out patreon.com slash ITK Moon Knight. Um, you can, you too can be a Patroni and you can be privy to like bonus episodes, um, you know, other video or raw footage from, from the episodes. Uh, as I said, I'm hoping to get live broadcasts out for uh, when the Jed McKay issues drop. Um, I think that will be fun just because we can get other loonies' reactions, raw reactions too. Um, so uh, looking to do that. But other other episodes will typically be only exclusive to Patreon members. Other, sorry, videos of those episodes will be exclusive. So a, a big thank you again to Daniel, Drew, Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Anthony, Russell, Michael, Mario, and Gavin. Thank you so much for all your support. Also as well, a CLZ comics at collectors.com go check them out they're really good i think they they hail from the netherlands so even better um but yeah they can put all your comic book collection in order with the database and you can um you know filter things uh you can um, make sure that you keep a running total of what's bagged and boarded you can you know um define where your actual comic is located in the cabinets and cabinets that you may have um, it's a really helpful tool um, i love it um, so please check it out on collectors.com uh, also as well a couple of patronies top tier patronies daniel doing daniel and i have been uh, chatting away uh, he's been very busy with his own creations and he is the creator of fringe night um, an original indie comic based on Erie, Pennsylvania's very own mysterious superhero. So check out patreon.com slash fringe night 27. Uh, Daniel's been also working on some cosplay, some really funky fringe night um, accessories, shall we say. And also uh, Tombs by Drew Tombs, one of the other Patrinis. Check out on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash tombs with a Z or Lurk Music. Um, that's on Bandcamp, lurkmusic with a CK dot Bandcamp. Com. Uh, Drew is a, a phenomenal musician, um, does a lot of DJing as well, but uh, if you can check out his work on either SoundCloud or Bandcamp, uh, you'll get a little taste of what he does. Really cool atmospheric stuff or, or like, and dance music stuff. Uh, and finally, Dreamland Comics. If you use the code MOON, you can get 20% off their online store, so go check out Dreamland Comics. Uh, finally, we're part of the collective as well. Uh, plenty of great shows here. Uh, Inner Demons, a Ghost Rider podcast, uh, Ghost Spider groupies, and uh, and also I'll give a shout out to 
Resurrections, Thanos and Adam Warlock podcast. Look, there, there are plenty of them. You just got to check out the link below in the in the show notes. Uh, check it all out. They're all fantastic shows. We all help each other out. Um, we all um, cross promote, uh, and we're currently doing something with "To Know Her Is to Fear Her," uh, the other podcast that I do um, with uh, about Spider Woman. Spider Woman with Seren. Uh, we're doing a crossover with that um, with them. Also, Tombs of Evil. Uh, and also capes and lunatics we're doing the devil's reign stuff so that's very exciting uh, it's already kicked off go check out capes and lunatics for all the um the discussions there on devil's reign uh, one and two i think uh, at the time of this recording uh, finally you can find us on email send us anything it's great to, to chat to you guys um on feedback at itkmoonlight.com we've also got uh, a website itkmoonlight.com which i've actually I've embedded the live stream for this. Um, I may have gotten it wrong, so I will be taking it down. I think it was for the, the other failed attempt. So don't look at it. Uh, also, Facebook, we've got the page and group, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal, and Podchaser. And I've got to say, Discord is is going great guns. Um, so much so much chit-chat over there. I love it. Uh, I just drop in, I read a few things. Um Leave in a couple of thoughts as well, but a really great bunch of loonies there. Um, go check it out. And Rebecca's there as well. Um, you'll be able to catch her there too. Anyway, uh, loonies, that pretty much does it. I, I think I'm going to attempt to do something here. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Um, and yeah, like as always, um, may can't you watch over the denizens of the night? I may have said that too early. Goodbye. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.